everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily this Tuesday. This is uh, unfortunately going to be our only corporate update of the uh, day. Kind of quiet. Things kind of fell through in a few scheduled calls, but that's okay because we'll give the uh, spotlight to Tara Christie and Banyan Gold. They do trade on the venture with the symbol BYN and on the OTCQB with BYAGF. The company this morning published their phase one metallurgical results. A lot of test work here coming out of the Ormac project up in Yukon outside of Mayo. Uh, Tara, it's, uh, you know, every project is no good unless you get some recoveries out of this. This was phase one. Uh, maybe give us a grand scheme of the test work here. There was a lot that went into this, a lot of options and different avenues that that you took some of these sample work to. Uh, what did you find out here after phase one? Well, the big takeaway is that we have multiple conventional flow sheets, meaning you know we don't need the really big, expensive um, roasters or things. This is cy- amenable to cyanide, so... You know, the standard CIP-CIL is applicable at 91%, mill with flotation with gravity circuit, 84%, and heat bleach comes in right in the range of lots of projects of similar grade as ours at 64 to 72%, which is very similar to what Victoria Gold had when they first reported their phase one metallurgical results. And what I think is important is that people remember that your phase one is, is like you know, the, the first go at it. There's lots of iterations of this where you try different grind sizes, um, which at various parts of the, the process, and likely can find optimization on all of them. This is a very big deposit too. So for example, our heat bleach disco- um, recoveries, can we see grade variation, or can we see different recoveries with grade across the property? You know, do you, is there a portion of the property which has the higher grade recoveries, it's too early for us to narrow that down, so we have to present a range um, and uh, and really say, hey, there's optionality on this property, um, and not only for one of these, but also to have a combination, similar to like Fort Knox, like a heap leach and a mill um, in one order or the other. And I do think people know there's enough gold being discovered in this area that somewhere here there will be a district mill. So understanding our recovery in the context of other projects and discoveries around us, I think is actually going to add a lot of value because it's not just, not all corporates build heap leach mines. Um, Some really prefer the CIPCL. Some people are more worried about upfront capital um, versus long-term recovery and what the ultimate MPV is. And, and, you know, once we get to a PEA, we'll likely narrow it down so that we actually have one option. But having three potential options and combinations of options, uh, I think really gives us maximum versatility for, for the project. And, you know, we'll add lots of value for our shareholders. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to remind people that this test work only came from Powerline. Uh, so uh, is the Oryx Hill deposit going to have the same type of metallurgical test work as it in the process, or is that something you do down the future? So we have the three deposits, Airstrip, Powerline, and Oryx mm-hmm. Hill. And in our last press release prior to this one, we talked that we've connected Oryx Hill and Powerline, and that mineralization is contiguous. So at the present time, uh, our resource, uh, 62% of it is Powerline. Um, and with the drilling that we did this year, we've expended power line 
and or exhale. So, you know, we just got the results back and put them out a few weeks ago on the extension to the east at Oryx Hill. So, you know, generally you wait till at least you get the assays back and then you decide what of that material you're going to send uh, for metallurgical testing. So, yeah, this is five kilometers. You can't assume any of it is okay. the same. Um, that's why on power line you'll see we did across the deposit, north-south from surface to depth and, and across grades because that's how you... You know, you need representative samples to make sure that you're fairly representing the deposit. So we do still have to do that work on Oryx Hill. And remember, you know, it was only in the last resource that Oryx Hill grew from 100,000 ounces to over 1.4, and we know we've grown it now. So, so yes, it takes time, and we will continue to do work from the new parts of, of what will probably become the bigger power line deposit, and also from Airstrip. Um, you know, from what we're, we know, it's also important to kind of look at where, where are you most likely to mine first and make sure that you have um, network on that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I just uh, kind of walk through just quickly some of these uh, highlights and in, in, in the numbers. Um, bottle roll cyanidation test came at about 91% uh, from uh, 75 microns. Uh, the carbon in leach, carbon in pulp came out at 91% as well. Uh, you know, really good recoveries from those from that test work. Uh, combined gravity and flotation, 84%. The heap leach gold recovery estimated to be 64 to 72%. I think that's probably the one I bet everybody was paying attention to the most. Uh, that, that's probably coming in line. People may be surprised. I, I think that's pretty standard recovery rates for any heap leach project. It, you know, obviously the really the really good economic heap leach projects are usually about 85 to 90 percent, mm -hmm. uh, but that's a little bit rare. Um, so if we could maybe spend a little bit of time talking about this heap leach and specifically uh, that uh, course size, it was uh, nine and a half millimeters. So do you test, you know, a smaller core size in phase two for this heap leach and see if you can improve those recoveries? Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll go down to, to finer crush sizes. As you get finer, of course, it takes more energy, um, which is a trade-off in power consumption. And then you can get to mm -hmm. very fine sizes where you need to actually do agglomeration on a heap leach, which might be an insignificant cost or might be a significant cost. All of these things take time. And, and the reason why we felt it was important to get some initial numbers, even if they were a coarse uh, grain size out, was so people could kind of understand and see, yeah, the heap leach um, is still in the range. There are projects um, in operation with, with recoveries as low as 60% and with similar grades. Remember Victoria Gold, 74% life of mine, and their metallurgy looked pretty similar to this range from their first phase. So important to put into context that you know, one set of testing does not define a project. We really need to continue to do test work, look at those optimization techniques. Um, you know, there's lots of areas both in the milling side as well where we know grind size is really important. Yeah, some finer grind sizes or grind size, uh, finer grind size, say, of the flotation concentrate might get you higher recoveries. You know, grind sizes up front generally increase your power consumption cost. So maybe we even get coarser grind sizes uh, for some of the mill and still get the same recoveries and reduce your power. So there's a lot of optimization work that goes on with metallurgy, and, and it's not just the numbers, it's how it interacts in your long-term economics. And that's ultimately where we now need to do is really do the test work, and, and we are very focused now on, we got these flow sheets, 
we know which points are the most significant areas to potentially optimize it, and we can focus on that. But, you know, we still have a very large deposit, and, and we will have two deposits to continue to test uh, and make sure that we're getting representative samples. So that, that does take time, and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and because it's so big, um, you, you know, lots more samples than you might have to do on, say, a smaller deposit. So what is, here's a question. It's a two-sided question for you, Tara. You know, what is, in your mind, looking at this phase one results, what's, in your mind, would you like to, like, kind of drive forward as the most optimized process? Like, what in the in here stands out as being really good? And then also, what what else in here maybe was a little bit of a disappointment for you? Okay, one of the other things that's positive are the environmental, the, the reagent consumption, the non-acid generating. That's important. Um, and there's, a, you know, there's the, also the permitting factors which come into it. And we know there's a mill permitted in this jurisdiction right beside us and a heap leaf. So both of those are per right. potentially <laughs> permittable in this jurisdiction. So that's important to put into context. Um, you know, I, I always hope for higher heap leach recovery. So I don't know if that's a disappointment so much as just, uh, you know, it's probably expected in, in your first phase at such course. And we have coarse gold uh, that we can see. We've got visible gold, and that's a known um, takes longer to dissolve the gold in a heap leach. So, um, you know, how can you deal with it? Gravity was actually really quite encouraging. The 53% for gravity does show that it can have a, quite a significant uh, impact in some of the milling processes. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, there were some real positives out of this, and, and there'll be... Um, what a corporate builds. Not all companies build heap leach mines or even understand them. Uh, it's a technology which, you know, a lot of North American com uh, companies have, but, but others don't. So I think gives optionality. And, um, you know, this is also a very large deposit. And you might put more capital into a project if you can see it has a much longer li mine life um, than, than in a project that has a short mine life where you really want to minimize the capital so you get the payback. So I think given that we're still growing this resource, we're still understanding where the higher grade, we're still, it's still an inferred resource. Uh, there's lots of, uh, of room for it to grow. And uh, so giving optionality so that different companies can look at it with their lens. Uh, and that's actually been really interesting. It's very interesting to hear the feedback from mine builders on, on what yeah. they see at ORMAC, because that'll also guide us. But ultimately, it's going to be the economics that drive what this project is. And they're very, it's quite complicated because you have to factor in all the costs, um, how it's mined, where it's mined, um, and then you know, look at how much energy it uses and then combine it with your recovery. So it's going to be a bit iterative for us, and we're starting to do a little bit of the high-level engineering and scoping to kind of help us get our heads in that. And, and I think it would be a mistake for us to presume what it is until we actually have the test work and have done some of the modeling work. Uh, I think lots of companies make that mistake of saying, you know, we could have said this was just going to be a heap leach and, and, and then we would have been constrained by that. But I think it's uh, still early. Remember, we made the power line discovery in 2019. So here we are in 2024. Mm -hmm. Our first resource was 20. That's only four years later. Um, to have the scale of resource we have four years in is very significant. So, um, and that's, that's the challenge of metallurgy, especially heap leaching, is it takes a long time for the test work to, to give you results. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the, I was, I was trying to think back the last time you and I uh, chatted uh, on MSD here. I think it was back in the fall, actually, or early winter. Uh, forgive me if I don't remember the exact location, but I remember, I do remember asking you kind of like, 
you know, what the market is presenting to you and how you go about uh, continuing to develop, explore, and de-risking uh, RMAC here uh, despite the volatility in the markets. And so I think we're starting to see how you and the team are de-risking this. You may not be aggressively going out there uh, with a huge exploration plan yet and, and maybe not doing that big infill program to convert a lot of those ounces uh, to a higher resource category. But the de-risking is also very important. Uh, so maybe since I've asked you that a couple months ago, maybe it's now a, a good time to <laughs> to apply that question once again. I mean, what does 2024 look like now for ORMAC, uh, given that uh, you know, you're probably just a couple uh, months away from a, a full-blown exploration season? Yeah, our exploration season is actually pretty flexible. We can go throughout the year. So we're a little bit less constrained than some other Yukon companies that don't have the infrastructure we have and the ability to operate when it's cold and actually be even more efficient when it's cold. So we're not driven by that, oh my gosh, we got to go now. We're driven by how do we add the most value for our shareholders. And we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes, um, looking at our various options from, you know, what's it going to take to infill? Where's the best place to infill? Where would you mine first? Um, you know, understanding the metallurgy is going to be part of the program and continuing to do that because it is going to add value for our shareholders, our baseline environmental work. So this project can continue to be positioned for permittings, hugely important. Uh, in terms of whether or not we get out there and drill and do exploration and what we focus on, you know, the more time we spend running through iterations, the, I think the better our odds of success become. And this is a bit of a strange market. You know, we're one of the few exploration companies that has cash. Um, and that combined with our ability to very quickly turn on exploration or turn it off, we don't have to rush to make decisions. We're going to make sure that we are making a really good decision for our shareholders in the context of the market. If we can't see it adding value and shareholder value, uh, we'll be a little patient. Um, but you know, we've got a lot of ideas on what could add a lot of value. So uh, we're kicking it around and, you know, we don't have to decide before. We probably won't. Right now is kind of the coldest, darkest time of year. So it's not the most optimal time to start mining, even though we could or start drilling. Um, so, you know, a couple months, we'll, we'll continue to work on how we improve our odds of success. Uh, and then we'll get back to you on that. All right. Very good. Uh, Tara, it's good to talk to you again. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Trevor. All right, we'll chat again soon. All right, that's your update from Banyan Gold, everybody. Again, trading on the Venture Exchange with BYN and on the OTCQB with BYAGF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.